Welcome to Almost Here, Around the Corner of Future Technology podcast with Richard Jacobs. Future technologies poised to transform our lives for better or worse are the focus of this podcast. Almost Here means these technologies are now here and starting to be used. We're just around the corner from Bitcoin to artificial intelligence, 3D printing, blockchain, virtual reality, and more. Hello, this is Richard Jacobs with the Future Tech Podcast. My guest today is Matthew Osmond, uh, the CEO and founder of Legit, and the website is legit, L-E-G-I-T dot A-I. Matthew, how are you doing? Hey, Richard, how are you doing? I'm very well, thanks. Good. Yeah. Um, can you tell listeners a little bit about your venture, what, what it's involved? Yeah, absolutely. So um, as you may guess from the URL, uh, we're an AI company uh, specifically focused on natural language processing uh, and also a little bit of evolutionary computation. Uh, and what we are trying to do is to essentially turn anyone into an inventor. Um, so we build applications powered by natural language processing for engineers, researchers, and scientists to identify whether what they're working on is new. Um, so we take a free text description of a new idea, a product or a service that's then entered into our web app. Um, we then compare that for conceptual similarity rather than keyword similarity against around 30 million uh, other inventions, pieces of technical literature in a close to real time. Uh, so we're able to give the user uh, real-time feedback on how new and original what they're working on is, uh, suggest ways that they might increase its novelty, um, suggest potential people they could collaborate with or indeed sell their idea to. Um, so what we're trying to do is to lower the barrier to invention, democratize it a little bit, um, and we're using AI to do that. Well, when you talk about an idea, I mean, I think it would be difficult to express an idea sometimes in one sentence. So do you have to do work with the uh, potential inventor to I don't know, either express their idea in multiple ways? So you could do multiple searches and figure it out or condense yeah, it into so actually, something simple? Yeah, so um, that's a very good question. So um, what we found is that uh, our technology works on pretty much any any string length of text. Um, so anything from 10 words to 10,000 words. Um, but uh, it starts to become really, really effective at about sort of 25 or more. Uh, in fact, we prefer more text if possible. So there are parts of the UI that encourage the user to uh, describe their idea um, in more and more detail. Um, but the technology is built to be um, robust enough to be able to determine conceptual similarity um, even when an idea is is kind of very nascent and embryonic, um, so when it's you know br brainstorming notes all the way through to like a, a very very detailed uh, technical description. Um, so the way that we envisage the tool being used, in fact, the way it is being used now, um, is as a way for people to document and refine their ideas um, from you know all the way from the brainstorm stage all the way through to uh, commercialization or patent application. So is, does the process help them do that, or you help them do that before you, you do the search? Uh, so the the um, the process of using the tool, um, it's built as a conversational interface. Um, so the uh, back end essentially makes suggestions about you know the thing that you know the thing you've just typed looks ninety two percent similar to uh, an invention that Microsoft came up with in the nineties, or this looks very very sim similar to uh, the work of, of this researcher at Georgia Tech. 
for example. Um, have you thought about you know, changing these words? Um, and so we get these to go through kind of a number of, of iterations on their idea, uh, kind of loops, um, refining it over time until it becomes more and more original. Um, so we're, we're sort of like a, an, an assistant, I suppose, um, to help people become more inventive. Yeah, that's really interesting. Hmm. Do you, any example of uh, an inventor that's gone through the process or you know, you've seen go through the process and had their idea changed? Yeah, so we actually um, we work kind of across the gamut from, I think our smallest client is like a three-person eye implant, eye implant startup all the way through to um, you know, large companies. Like we're working with Stanley Black & Decker at the moment. Um, and one of their engineers um, was playing around with our tool uh, and identified that actually there were um, it was a it was a, uh, a a new invention around the automatic door space um, and by going through our tool he was able to identify that actually um, it wasn't just one invention it was five different inventive things uh, that that he'd come up with um, and the 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 invention changed kind of dramatically from from when he started uh, to when he ended. Um, and actually, they'll probably uh, launch that as a, uh, a separate product. Um, so that those kind of use cases are, are incredibly exciting. Um, and then it's used quite a lot as well in uh, research as well, in, in sort of academic um, research. We have a lot of um, postdoctoral students, people doing PhDs, trying to identify whether there's a commercial um, capability for their research, whether there's like to be a market for the talents and expertise that they've acquired. Well, okay. So in addition to refining their idea, um, do you find patents that are expired, you know, public domain type stuff or things to help their idea? Or do you, do you suggest yeah, they exactly. read the patents that Absolutely. they find so that they can refine their idea? Yeah. So we, we do all of that. We also um, match their idea against uh, publicly available data um, that will give them insights into uh, potential uh, collaboration partners or, or licensing partners for their idea. Um, so if if a particular company is very, very active in the space that they happen to be working in, um, you know, that might be a good place to look for a job <laughs> or, or, or look for yeah. investment uh, for, for some kind of partnership opportunity. Um, so I think that by being able to do the incredibly uh, granular concept-based topic extraction from a free text description of an idea, you're able to do some really, really powerful stuff. Because most um, most techniques that search over technical literature uh, use a variation of keyword frequency. Um, so Google Patents, Google Scholar is doing um, very, very fast and sophisticated um, keyword frequency, essentially, um, uh, counting. And uh, one of the main issues with that particularly in the field of technical literature, uh, is that when a new technology is emerging, um, so when it's almost at its most exciting, uh, the terminology around that um, field is often not set and not agreed upon. Um, and so the best example that I can think of is that for the laser beam, um, there is a patent on the original laser, and it's from the 1960s. And if you searched for the keyword laser or laser beam, you would not find that patent because it was not called the laser beam. It was called the optical maser. And it was only oh, okay. uh, five to 10 years later that the terminology became set. 
So you have to um, you have to be able to match on context, uh, not just on keywords. So that's kind of the key innovation about the text matching that we're doing on the back end um, that took a lot of R&D work on, on, on our part um, that allows us to make those um, uh, kind of almost counterintuitive uh, matches that would otherwise be impossible. Yeah, I, I, it makes sense. Cause, I mean, right now, attorneys help people with patent searches from what I understand. So, I mean, they have to go through all this process manually. So this sounds like it would be a great help. Yeah, I mean, I think this also extends extends deliberately pretty far beyond um, patents because a lot of the people that we work with um, aren't necessarily interested in, in pursuing patent protection. What they're trying to identify is the likely originality of their idea and then some quantitative measure of value, um, ideally before they invest a whole bunch of time and money pursuing it. And that's, the, that's true both for a solo inventor as it is true for uh, a corporate R&D department with a $500 million budget. Uh, of which there are, you know, several in the U.S. Um, they're trying to identify as quickly as possible whether something is new, how similar it is to, to a competitor's or a likely competitor's um, you know, portfolio of products, uh, and 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 how valuable it, it can be. And so that's what our app is is, is built to do. Um, so fundamentally, at a corporate level, what we're trying to do is eliminate um, R&D wastage and then maximize R&D outcomes. Um, and that's that's also true for a solo inventor, as it would be true for you know IBM. Um, there's I think 2.2 trillion dollars will be spent next year on R&D um, globally. And it always when I hear that figure and talking to R&D managers, which is what I spend most of my time doing, talking to R&D managers, engineers, and CTOs, um, I was reminded of uh, an ad buyer in the 1980s in the United Kingdom uh, was once asked about uh, the efficiency of spending money on advertising. He said, well, uh, I know that 50% of the money I spend on advertising is wasted, but I don't know which 50%, so I have to spend it all. Mm. Um, and that's a little bit of the approach of, of R&D at the moment. It's like highly stochastic, um, often finding out that something's already been done happened mm. so late in the process that You've spent a bunch of money. You've you've scaled up a team to build something that has either already been tried, or you know someone has eighteen months on you uh, in in the competitive marketplace. Um, so by tightening that feedback loop, um, it, so that it, so that you can give you know real time predictive uh, uh, quantitative feedback to a user um, about the likelihood of those various outcomes. Is, uh, is very, very powerful. Um, so we're trying to yeah. kind of accelerate the entire process. <clears throat> hmm. I can see that. I would think lawyers would be interested in this too because it can help them do a better job of their, their searches or is this more geared to replace their, their efforts? Um, so, I mean, lawyers are, uh, I think, um, very, very effective at, at doing um, the legal aspect of their job. Um, they're not... Right that competent at doing text text matching against 30 million documents um but also you'd never you'd never really ask a patent attorney for an indication of value or of um or of, or of originality per se um they tend to come kind of pretty you know later on in the in in the patent process um, but our aim is not necessarily to um uh, to take any work away from them um at this stage and in fact the majority in fact 
yeah, all of our clients are um, in the R&D side of the uh, of, of businesses rather than on the legal side. Any advice if uh, you know a company or an inventor does you know want to do a, a want to create a patent and they find that there's a lot of similar stuff? Uh, you know, do you guide them to change what they do to make theirs original, or what's the typical yeah. types of guidance you so, give? Yeah, so we we will um, we will provide uh, guidance as to how we think we their idea can become more novel relative to the technical literature. That doesn't just include patents. That's academic articles. It's a company's internal documentation, um, so that you can essentially see whether what you're working on is similar to something that someone else in a you know different far-flung office of the same company is working on. Um, and then we can make suggestions as to how um, our algorithm would perceive you could uh, decrease or increase uh, the novelty of your input text. Um, but the matter of patentability, I think at this stage should probably be decided by uh, a patent attorney because it's fundamentally it's going to be decided by the USPTO. So how does your, without giving away secret sauce, how does your uh, system work? Is it, is it finding just synonyms to the words in your text or, you know, how does it find, um, has it found terms that you didn't even know were associated with a particular invention, like the maser laser type stuff? Has it found that? Yeah, absolutely. So, or is it just, or do you have to tell it what what to look for? No. So we um, we train the system on a constantly updating uh, an incredibly large corpus of technical literature, um, so that we've basically tried to um, train it on human knowledge, which sounds pretty grandiose, but that's what we've done. Um, and it's able to identify. Uh, the similarity of two inventions, even when they don't share overlapping keywords, so that when you have an engineer who is who is an expert uh, read two inventions side by side, um, there are no shared keywords, um, but they will say, "Ah, oh, yes, that is actually trying to accomplish the same goal," or "Yeah, no, that is th- these are just uh, you know the, the sense of these two things uh, is the same." Um, so it's very very powerful in that regard. Any examples again of? Uh... Synonyms or things that you found that really surprised you when you did a search for someone or surprised the person? Uh, so I'm actually just trying to think of one right now. So um, we uh, ended up, so one of the things we were playing around with the other day was um, trying to invent a, a jetpack. Um, and uh, the traditional way of, of um, you know, the traditional way is you use some kind of uh, flammable material in order to generate thrust. Um, we were typing in our ideas about a jetpack, and uh, the system suggested that actually we might like to try water, uh, and that actually pressurized water might be something that we would use to generate thrust, and that turned out to be much more novel. Um, there are several inventions in uh, actually mostly defense contractors, so Boeing, Northrop Grumman have a huge amount of, of inventions, both in technical literature and also in, in patents, around um, using diesel and other fuels to generate thrust for a personal jetpack, um, but there's almost nothing that uses a non-flammable solvent like water to generate the same thrust. Um, so that's actually something where the system identified um, something that was kind of missing. There was like a gap in the technical literature uh, and suggested that actually those things that jetpacks and water were, were pretty closely connected. Um, and then it sent us down a, a really crazy rabbit hole about looking at uh, at some NASA patents as well. Hmm. 
So what uh, is your service this this one time look, or do people uh, tend to retain you as they work on a project over time to help develop the the concept? You know, what's a typical yeah. engagement look like? Um, so we are a SaaS company, uh, so software as a service. Um, so we sell subscriptions um, to the uh, service, and you can use it as much as you want. Um, all of your ideas are, are stored in a customizable interactive database. Um, it uh, is normally deployed either it's normally deployed at the engineer, the researcher, the scientist level. Um, so you know the smallest engagement we've done is with I think two users, and then the largest is going to be something like four thousand. Um, so it really runs the gamut. Okay, so it, but but again, is it uh, more of a one-time thing or uh, or a longer-term engagement that you think would be most helpful to somebody? Oh, so um, people use it daily. Um, the people that we work with use it daily. So they buy an annual subscription and they use it as their kind of repository of ideas. It's almost like a notebook. Um, and then they work on those ideas over time. Um, so people pay a, an annual subscription um, and they get to use it as much as they want over that year. Um, so that's the way it's, it's normally worked. Okay. And what's the best way for people to, to find out more? Uh, so they can check out our website and um, they can reach out and we'd be happy to uh, give them a demonstration of the technology and, and answer any questions they have. All right. And then uh, what's, uh, what are your goals for the next year with, with the technology? Where do you think it can go and what do you plan it to do? Yeah. So the uh, next goal is going to be matching people. Um, so what we're going to do is we're going to try and uh, create collaboration opportunities by matching someone's text to people that are working on similar ideas in the public domain. Um, and we'll probably create a marketplace so that you know, a graduate researcher with a particular expertise in quantum computing um, could sell their services uh, as a consultant through our platform to you know, uh, you know, Boeing, who wants to know about quantum computing for cryptography uh, on an hourly mm -hmm. basis. Um, and the, the thing that will drive that is our ability to match um, text coming in from a user against the expertise um, that, that's in our system. So we'll be probably importing uh, researchers' abstracts. So we'll know, uh, you know, this graduate student is, is an expert in these topics, and then we can start uh, creating those matches. Well, very good. All right. Well, thank you for, for taking the time. And uh, this really is a valuable, interesting product. Is there? Thank is, you very much, Richard. Yeah. Uh, last question I, I did forget to ask you. Is there a way for people to uh, to test it out or is it you either do it or you don't? I don't know if there's a free um, version where you can initially put in a sentence or two and see what comes back. Uh, so there's currently not a free version. Um, we're considering putting something up on the website that people can play with. Um, I think that if people wanted to see it in action, the best thing to do would be to uh, request a demo. And then we can kind of walk them through the technology and, and give them uh, trial access. Um, but we'll probably put something up uh, for people to play with uh, in the next few months. Okay, very good. Well, thank you for coming on the podcast. Thanks so much, Richard. You've been listening to Almost Here, Around the Corner Future Technology Podcast with Richard Jacobs. Subscribe to this podcast, post a review, to discover more future technologies that are poised to transform our lives for better or worse, such as Bitcoin, artificial intelligence, 3D printing, blockchain, virtual reality, and more.